0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're very welcome to another episode of the Scaling Your Business podcast. I believe it's episode 179 for this episode delighted to be joined by Leighton Penrose the
1: co-owner of Leading Social Leighton you're very welcome to the show thank you very much for having me it's a pleasure to be here you've had some pretty cool guests so uh, I'm honored well you'll be on that lineup soon as well Mm -hmm. um
0: or to listeners you're currently on that lineup Uh, Leighton your typical fashion of the show is we we go back to the beginning uh, and and we just take it from there so Mm -hmm. what I know about you is we grew up in the same county county Meath I believe Mm -hmm. it's Betty's town where you're from
1: yeah that's me brother
0: what was life like
1: growing up in Betty's town Oh so, yeah, so um, what was I? Like, growing up in Baseline? Good question. Um, I really enjoyed primary school. Went to school in Rathnamara in Donaghcranny. Um, I'm still best friends with all the lads that I would have went with. Um, that I would have grown up with. All my mates were kind of really into football. So when I was younger, I didn't really know what my kind of thing was. I kind of tried out arts. Um, MMA, I kind of, I tried to love the thing. I always felt like I was a bit kind of on my own because all the lads loved football and I was the only one that didn't like it. So there was, I didn't know where to put my attention. And um, to kind of fast forward anyway, so when I was like 14 or 15, I well, maybe a bit earlier, 12 or 13, I fell in love with uh, MMA, right? So mixed martial arts. This is kind of you know, two or three years before Connor had his uh stardom, and I thought that was going to be it, man, if I'm being honest with you, I thought that that was going to be the rest of my life, I loved it, like, I really loved it, I was I was proper in the scene, I knew all the best coaches in, in the country, I knew all the best fighters, it was all I thought about, like, I was living in Bettys Town, and I was taking two buses, and um, paying for it myself to get into Finglas, to go to the best gym that I knew, which was Team Rhino, um, and it was just all I thought about, man, and, and I, I loved it, and I would I'd brainwash myself with, like, dream motivation um speeches, like, Les Brown, and um Jim Ron and Tony Robbins and all those guys like like every night for about six or seven years I'd be going to bed listening to motivational speeches and all that kind of thing So I always had that that dreamer in me or that visionary in me and I always knew something big was gonna happen and um and I, I've, I've carried that with me my whole life I've been on I've kind of not got knocked off a lot but um I've always carried that with me anyway 70 uh, 17 or 18 I I kind of start realizing, that my, my parents are pushing me into college and they all want me to go down this route and I can't, they, they won't let me commit to be a fighter. And if you want to be a fighter, you have to go all in, man. Like yeah. you really have to be, you really have to be 100% in. There's none of this drinking, hanging out, um, going to college. If you're going into a ring with someone and you're fighting, so you want to, you have to be 100% present and you have to be completely focused on it or you're just going to get your head kicked in. So there was an agreement that I was, going to go to, that I was going to try to get a certain amount of points to go to a unit to go to DCU so I could be close to the gym in fingers. Anyway, it didn't do well on my leaving, sir. It wasn't able to go there, but I got enough points to do an arts degree in Manute. Um, Once I did the arts degree in minute, I started um, offering services to local businesses in Dorada. So real estate agents and restaurants, social media services, content creation. All that kind of thing, and um, I slowly just stopped training because it was too far because I was in Minute and I really didn't want to be in college, but my parents just kind of made me do it anyway. Um, started getting a bit of pocket money with social media marketing, charging 500 euro here, 700 euro here, getting a few clients, and eventually, like, I mean, to be honest with you, man, it kind of just snowballed into you know two, three, four grand a month. And I was only like 18, uh, I was working in uh Fantasia at the time, um, working on the boat and all. And I I, I, one, I one day I kind of realised fuck I'm actually I'm I'm earning more money doing this than I am working on fantasia. And went on a J one after minute and came back from the J one and said right I'm not going back to college I'm just going to go all in on this. Asked my grandmother if I could have a land of a thousand euro to get a to get a new laptop. because uh, I spent all my money on my J one and. From there, I just kind of went went all in. Six months, I was kind of just freelance and trying to. I didn't really make any moves, but then after the six months, it really started taking off, and yeah, and and then from there, I kind of I just kind of scaled it up. and um, started working with As Paul, he was like my biggest case study, and then from there, was able to get bigger clients, charge more money, and now we have leading social.
0: <laughs> a lot to unpack there. Uh, sorry, yeah. Sorry if I went on a rant, but that's. No, that's no, you're all good. That's the story. The uh, listeners are here for you, not for me. Um, who's your favorite two fighters on the UFC roster at the moment?
1: At the to be honest, I actually don't even follow the UFC anymore. <laughs> wow. I used to. do Did you follow it?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd watch most weekends.
1: Yeah, I don't really watch it anymore, dude. To be honest, um, when I was younger, my favorite fighter was R- Anthony Rumble Johnson. Remember him? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then George- GSP. I love GSP too.
0: Yeah, GSP is the goat. He, uh, I think, he's one of the very few. Alongside Tyson Fury, who's managed to retire at the very top and ignore all the media of like, please come back. I do hope yeah. Tyson stays away. As much as I love to see him come back, I think yeah. like there's not many people that can go out at the top. Um,
1: yeah. And my biggest inspiration are. is actually Mike Tyson. I love his story, man. Yeah,
0: he's a pretty cool guy. I, I I listen to a lot of his. I think it's called Hot Box or something. His, yeah, his podcast. Yeah. yeah. So let's get our make make our way to leading social. Um, <laughs> yeah, one of the questions I had, and you may have answered already, because you mentioned your grandmother. People can typically on this podcast that have been guests point to a number of a handful of people essentially, of people who have had massive influence impact in their early years that helped them become the person they are today, whether yeah. that a teacher, parents, grandparents. Does anybody spring to mind for you?
1: So my best friend Matthew. So we, we've been best friends for like since we were like seven years old, and uh, he's currently on tour with Little Mix like t- touring all over the UK wow. and Ireland yeah I'm going over to London next week for their final show but um, yeah he like it was always great to have him there because like it does it, like some of the stuff I used to say when I was younger was ridiculous like I just used to come out with these like we were chatting about before the, po- the podcast like just mad ideas and just yeah. things that just sound so unrealistic, especially growing up in Betty's town, just, just mad ideas. And some of the things I've done over the last two, three years, they, it, it is just crazy. So I was always able to go to Matthew with those ideas. And it was great to have that support. He's like, you could do that, man. Yeah, that's, why not? Like, that's, that's so funny. And he'd support it. And then my granny, yeah, of course. So when, so, and we were having these conversations at the kitchen table with my mom and my auntie and my nana, they'd all be like, oh, well, Leighton, you can't be a fighter. You used to go to college and get a nice, um, stable job and you know just a bit a bit of a direction. But then, like when we leave, my nana would say, "Yah, lay, you can you can do what you want. It's all right. Don't do you do you do what your hair tells you to do." So yeah, she she was always um, my most my, my biggest supporter. To be fair, so yeah, Matthew and my, and my granny for sure.
0: Awesome. We'll, we'll shout it to both of them. Um, yeah. Leading social. For those who are not familiar with it, let's start with. You're probably better off giving a thirty second commercial than I am. You oh, know
1: really? more about it. Well, I so. Well, my leading social. So like I said, I was a, so I was a freelancer. Pre, I was a, basically essentially a glorified freelancer over the last three years, and I was essentially what you call a lifestyle entrepreneur. So I was earning enough money to be able to enjoy my life, do do good work, enjoyable work. But um, there was nothing being built. You know, there was nothing um exciting really happening. There was nothing that that could be passed on, or there's nothing that, that I could walk away from for two weeks that it would still run. It was me. I was essentially just a, a glorified freelancer. Um, last year I got kind of. A bit dissatisfied unfulfilled at my work I wasn't um 100 in it and i i made the conscious decision that I do want to build something and I like the idea of becoming what is what i suppose instead of a lifestyle entrepreneur more of a performance entrepreneur and yeah. actually build, building a team and working on projects longer and uh, working in an office and, and all that kind of rather than traveling around and, and, and doing uh, work on my laptop because um yeah I just lacked that I just lacked that fulfilment element and it was kind of just knocking up my mental health and stuff and I just didn't feel great about myself I was just um wasting a lot of time wasting a lot of potential I thought so yeah so Paul Merriman who is asked Paul. Is a financial a financial advisor, and he obviously knew what I did for him was incredible. Oh, we sorry, what we did together was incredible, and um, everything we did for his brand, he went from ten staff members to fifty staff members. He we went from three thousand followers on Instagram to he'd probably hit hundred k in the next week or so. And he's so he said to me, "Look, Clay, let's get this, let's get this agency thing going. Like you have the skills that you know how the industry works." And um, Paul is a, is a great case study. So myself and Paul, ha- so Leading Social was previously a successful agency and a successful brand in Dublin. And I worked with a lot of really cool clients. I actually worked there for about four or five months in 2019. It was owned by Jamie White. Last year, that company, Leading Social, um, sold out on its clients and Jamie moved on to focus on other projects, but the branding was still there, the name was still there, the domain name, and basically myself and Paul acquired all the assets and the branding um, of Leading Social and are now moving forward with building a team and building up that company to what I hope to be in the next six months, a nice team of maybe 15 to 20 people uh, working on mainly performance marketing and opening up a, a creative side of the house as well. Wow, and you're located on Harcourt Street at the moment? In, so so a lot of people would be familiar with Jamie's work and Eden social, and yeah, the, the office is on, is on Harcourt Street at the moment, yeah.
0: Okay, okay. So you've already said you're kind of, if you could wave a magic wand, six to eight months down the line where you'd like to be, but I'd love to talk to you about your kind of growth plans. So when I look at like every quarter, I'll sit down and, 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 and draw, uh, like an X on a, on a, like a line down, line across on a piece of paper. And I'll write K-A-R-E in each one of the boxes. It stands for keep, attain, recapture, and expand. It's it's just called the CARE tool that I've named it. And I'll look at all the clients that I want to keep, all the accounts that I want to attain, all the ones that I want to recapture, and all the ones that I want to expand. And then within that, I can break out individually what I'd like to do on all of them. But focusing on the A, the attain, how do you plan going forward to attain new net logos is it through networking is it through social media advertising is it through like talk me through what like your top two to three uh avenues to attain net new logos over the next six to eight months so that you can achieve that goal of 15 to 20 staff
1: but well, I always like to work. I always like to work backwards, man. And like you know this better than anyone, to be honest. Like everything is, is a numbers game. So if I know that to like let's just say for an example, if I know that if I want to be where I want to be, let's say just for argument's sake, for for numbers' reason, let's just say I needed I needed ten deals to in order to fulfil um, my goal of having of having X. I, I, I everyone knows that the best way to approach it is to outreach to hundred people, thirty five might get back to you, and then um. You might, you might, you'd be able to close 10. So I, I've just been trying to figure that out from a, a, like a, a more bird's eye point of view of, um, of how the business is going to look from a, from a year. I, I call it a warm up, but I don't call it warm up. Some of it's calls it warm up. And basically we, I just have um, this calendar on my Google Drive that basically just has the whole year mapped out and everything is mapped out from like my, when I'm going to take my holidays, when I'm going to, when I want to be at this point in terms of let's say revenue, and when I want to be at this point in terms of staff members, and I know exactly where I need to be at each point. And look, if, if the month finishes and I'm not there, it's more just kind of a reminder that, look, Leighton, you need, you need to get going on yeah. this. So my, so in terms of, every, and I could be better at it, but it does, it does serve me really well when I when I do keep it consistent. I just have a, a warm up of a, a bird's eye view of the whole year. I I try look at it daily, definitely weekly. And that just keeps it fresh in my head that I know what I need to do in order to be where I want to be. And sometimes that's um, numbers and sometimes that's a uh, client success, but um, it, it's it's always there in the, in the back of my mind. So tell me this, you said that ask Paul and
0: I follow ask Paul and, and I know most of my friends, my age would follow ask Paul as well. Um, but you said he's about to hit a hundred thousand followers on Instagram by the end of this week, hopefully. Is there a, like, what's the biggest challenge with clients that are coming to you currently? Yeah. What, What's the biggest challenge that clients come to you with that are current clients of yours though? Is it standing out online to get the attention that Ask Paul has or is it something else? Uh,
1: well, the main thing that I kind of focus on is kind of, it, it is sales to be honest. So like I'll go into whether it's a service business or whatever it's an e-commerce business or whether it's like an, e- an online education business, everyone wants sales. So what I kind of work on is just put basically kind of uh, cost to acquire customers, lifetime value, and just being able to scale that up. So, like, let's say for example, for we use example earlier on, if you are a if you are a gym, for example, and your membership is fifty euro a month, my job is to get you a customer for twenty five euro a month, so you can get them in for fifty and keep them for an average of six or seven months. Yeah. The uh, the biggest the biggest so your your problem your culture was the biggest problem. The, bit, the people are just looking for more sales man people are looking to put in 100 euro and get 400 euro out. and there is, if you, if you do put in a good strategy in place that can be done if it's complemented with good with good uh, quality content so, yeah i guess where i was trying
0: to go with that was uh there's a there's there's this opinion that like sales people will look at marketing and kind of laugh at marketing going you're half useless and marketing people will always get frustrated at sales because they say sales don't help me out or sales don't or like uh, didn't take advantage of the lead that I passed them. So I was more wondering from, from that, is there, is there any common challenges that you see with people coming towards you? I'll give you an example here. I noticed um like there's a, a I, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a challenge, but there's something you're going to come up against in the next couple of months. I noticed a post you put up on, on LinkedIn about hiring people. mm mm-hmm you look at to hire, I don't, I don't have any staff members over the next while, but you listed a ton of different roles that you're going to hire for. Is there a, and I'm assuming you've hired before, is there a process that you have when it comes to hiring people? Do you go purely off gut? Do you bring other people involved? Because when it comes to hiring, it can be one of the most, if not the most costly mistake if you hire a bad person, mm. not just with the cost of their wage, but the cost of missed opportunities of other clients you could have attained from them losing them. So mm. talk me through from that challenge, what does it look like when you've spotted someone that you're interested in? How do you know that, or how do you reduce the chance that they're going to be a bad hire?
1: Cool. Yeah. So, well, look, so I've, uh, so obviously I've only hired twice, so I, we're, we're a team of three, right? Yeah. Um, so I've, I've the two lads up there and just from my, like, I'm, I'm just happy to kind of share my experience from, from what I've learned so far, you know, and I think, quite, I think it'll also be quite cool. Maybe if we were to do this again in a year or two for us to look back at my answer. So, um, so yeah, so anyway, the two lads, the two lads that, I'm, that I have now, they reached out to me via Instagram and they were similar to me. They were guys that um, weren't satisfied to what they, what they were learning in college and they knew that they wanted real-time experience. And it was just, the two lads didn't have any skills. They actually didn't. I've, I've trained them up over the last couple of months and now they are killers. Like, like I, I completely tr- trust them with all the ad accounts and, and they outperform me sometimes in terms of some of the things to do but they brought new ideas. Um, but yeah, it was it was two hungry, hungry lads that wanted to learn, that wanted to get real life experience, and they wanted to um to to to, to get hands on, on on clients. So it's really just someone that I obviously I, I'm cool with working, I'm cool with having a coffee with a lunch, got maybe going for a pint after work. And then also somebody who's just hungry, who, who, I, I, because we're a startup, look, I do need someone. To, uh, you know, maybe open the laptop at half six just to check if, if all the budgets are lined up or maybe just to scale up and out on the weekend if it's doing well. So just somebody who's hungry and, and just and, and wants to do good work and takes takes pride in the work. That That's, as a, as a, as a very early startup, that, that's what kind of, that's where I am now. Um, How did you
0: I, see that in, in those two particular lads?
1: Just the way they they were they, just the way they communicated the way they presented themselves they were completely transparent they said look Leighton, i do not have any skills here i'm doing a digital marketing course and i don't feel like i'm learning the right thing i was wondering if i could um if there, if there was any opportunities to work for you um would it would it be okay um for me to do it and i said and i you know we did a few interviews and i brought them in gave them a few tasks and they they both approached it in certain ways uh, yeah i just I just said yeah I, I gave them a shot and it's and it's really served me well because um they've allowed me, and this is the things that I'm happy to happy to share because they've allowed me to maybe take a step back and focus on uh, on, on, on the as I say work on the business rather than in it. Now I am still quite in the trenches, but I have that I have those extra couple hours a week to do maybe a bit of outreach or to maybe check in on the clients a bit more and just make sure that they're 100 percent comfortable with everything that's going on. And the and, and the two guys are are killing the, the performance marketing elements of it. And there are another thing is like on Saturdays and Sundays they'd be they'd be sending me pictures of them doing courses and and upskilling themselves and, and that's what that that's what how you couldn't ask for much more than that as a startup founder like Sounds like
0: you found two rock solid guys to help you build this uh, potential rocket ship. Um, you've you've mentioned a few things that you do there in the business as well. Is there a particular thing that you have a preference to do? Like, what's your favorite part of your job?
1: Getting results, man. I love it. I just love getting results. Like, if someone if someone gives me a certain amount of money and then I'm able to six, seven, eight, nine, ten, x it, I just love it. Like, it just gives me a high man.
0: I first came across you from your YouTube videos. Um, that's how I got, that's who you became on my radar. And I've had the same comment from people before, you know, and I first heard you on the podcast you did. Real I first heard you from this video. There's not many people out there putting out videos online, but I've seen you started to do them again on LinkedIn, whether 60 second or 90 second videos. Yeah. Share with the audience, like what goes through your head? Like, do you, have a number of videos you want to record a week do you keep a note on your ipad or your iphone do you just have an idea and go whatever the person in the corner the room is take your camera out we're going to record this like what is it
1: well first off i'll tell you what i do it. the reason why i do and i almost get frustrated with myself with how i haven't been consistent with it because it's such a valuable thing to be doing, to be just putting out the videos, like that's that's how I got the lads. That's how I got the lads to work for me. The lads watched the videos, and then they were like, "Oh, you seem like you're doing cool stuff." And it was then when me and Paul made the decision to lead in social, and then you know I had to do the. I wouldn't have found them if I wasn't post if I wasn't posting uh, online, and then I've I've got some fabulous clients that have really become a very close friends off the back of the videos too, um. So I'm almost I'm almost upset that I haven't kept consistent with it, um so yeah but in terms of so yeah uh, when i was doing it first on myself yeah it was kind of just doing it on my camera and and, and chopping it up and, and putting uh, making the thumbnails myself i realized that i don't enjoy doing the uploading and, and the thumbnail stuff and all that stuff so i gotta go i gotta go i got a freelancer to come in uh, once a once every two weeks and he comes in and we shoot for two hours and then that's the content done for a month. So if you if you go onto my Instagram and you see all my reels, all those videos were done in the space of two hours. And now he goes home, he edits them, he gets the subtitles on it, and then they're just distributed over the course of uh, two or three weeks. Just because I know I want to do it, and uh, and he helps with the ideas as well. I know I want to do it. I know it's important, but for some reason it's just not something that I jump out of bed to get done, and it's not something I prioritize. Although I do I do I, I really do enjoy the feedback that I get back. It's re- it's really nice to be able to um. To, for someone to say oh dude I really enjoyed that video so I would recommend for anybody that wants to start doing it if you have the resources to get a freelance videographer slash editor do it and you know just go down sit, sit down for five four or five hours get a month's worth of content and then and let them distribute it for you. I like that you've blocked
0: out time every two weeks to make sure that you do get it done. Because as you've said, there's there's tons of benefits from getting on the radar of those two guys that are now working with you. And I'm sure there's tons of others. Even from my perspective, get, starting a podcast, it just I found it so much easier to open doors because I can bounce off somebody who's been on the podcast to get an introduction to someone else. And they'll talk to me because you know the person that's introduced them to, they, they know relatively well. And there's 10 other things I can list off. Other than just acquiring net you clients that is advantageous for starting a podcast or putting in videos.
1: One thing I was gonna add on to that, like besides yep. besides just the generic people seeing it online, if you're meeting people, it's all online as we always do. Like we never met in person, but you know, yep. you know me and I know you. Um, but people can get a feel for you, they can understand how you communicate, how you think, what kind of person you are. So it's always I think it's just a great idea to have content out there.
0: Absolutely. I, I chat to people uh, like once or twice a month that I've never met before. And I've chatted to them for yeah. you know, three, four years. It's crazy. Like, there's that Thomas Arnold, uh, who works with you guys as well. Like, yeah. I've chatted to him for maybe a year and a half and not once ever met him.
1: It's
0: crazy. Uh, I don't know what industry you want to put yourself in here online marketing, digital marketing, marketing in general, paid advertising. Paid advertising. So, in the paid advertising industry, is there a commonly held belief that you, let's say, partially disagree with?
1: Is there, that's an interesting question in the, in the paid advertising space yeah that you, that you need a lot of money to get results which is not true at all um a lot of people come to me um particularly uh, uh, local businesses and small businesses and they're saying look i don't have the budget to, to do this paid advertising thing at all um if you're if you're putting out content and you're putting out organic content and you're, you're gonna you're getting a bit of a reach out of it and like let's say you're the local superstar in your local town the benefit of you putting 50 or 100 quid into a retargeting ad for maybe a certain offer or maybe a certain, um, maybe if you're local restaurants, uh, you are doing like a Friday date uh, date night where it's like 50 quid for like a two-course meal and a bottle of wine. The power that you're able to do with going into paid advertising, going into Facebook ads manager, creating an audience of people who viewed your Instagram profile over the last year and then putting 100 euro into it, it's, it's phenomenal. You, you don't need a lot of money to make it happen. Now um if you want to scale things up like a rocket ship yeah you, money you need you need to spend money to make money um but when i when i kind of work with people we tend to well some people some people like to go um all at it but i tend to go slow and steady show them the results they can see that it's working and then we can start ramping it up and we can start using the cash that we've after making t- today and recycle it back into the the funnels or into the the advertising you're i start a business uh I'm a firm believer that there's skills out
0: there or behaviours that other startup founders uh, sometimes overlook that can be detrimental to their business, particularly in the beginning. Is there a skill, perhaps networking, that you you see other startup founders ignore and doesn't get them to their goal as fast as they could get to?
1: No, not sure other people, man, but like just just myself. I mean, one thing that I've recently started doing. Like I mean, you know, we're both at our twenties. Sometimes, you know, we both have big dreams. But like, I just I did have to just audit my environment. You know, kind of way, I needed to just make sure that I was, you know, putting the right the right stuff in here. You know, talking to the right people, and um, you know, watching the right content. You know, not being like I used so before. I was in the apartment I'm in now. I uh, I was I was living in a house with my three mates and they they, they, they you know the three of my best mates we had great we had great fun and you know we'd have um, a few drinks on the weekend and you know we'd bring people back and have, have a little party and stuff. But in order for me to be the person that I wanted to be, I had to make the the conscious decision of saying, look lads, I just I can't live here because it just it doesn't really align with my goals. So just just little things like that that just kind of put you in the in the right direction. Like you know you need to do yourself a service and and audit your environment so you can live out to your full potential and that you can be the person that you want to be and the person you desire to be. Um and for me, for me that meant moving out of the house. It meant limiting uh, certain relationships with certain people, certain communications with certain people. Um because you know yourself like i mean uh if the lads are going out every weekend and, and they're inviting you all the time it's very hard to say no sometimes especially when you want to open up the laptop at nine o'clock on a saturday and nine o'clock on a sunday and get some work done so yeah so look, that, that i think that's more of advice from uh, a startup founder in their 23 that that that's where i'm that's where i'm coming from with that and it, it serves me really well because it, it was something that i need to do um and then yeah, just in general, inputs and outputs, just everything that goes in here is gonna have a correlation with what what's going out, and that means what you're what you're reading, what you're watching, the conversations that you're having. Um, one thing that's worked, that's worked really well with working here with Thomas is that like we're just constantly talking to each other about revenue, uh, client success, customer success, um, and and just people and and just conversations that really stimulate um activity in the mind on on what we're currently doing. So. Yeah, just auditing your environment, making sure that, you're, that everything that you're doing is in correlation with your goals and, and, re, and really just giving everything a, a good go and, and living up to your full potential.
0: Is there a tool that you can't live without business for for, for, for your business?
1: Did, uh, I have a soft, you know, Notion. <laughs> okay. Do you use inc- Notion a lot then? Yeah, dude, it's incredible. It's actually, it's, it's a game changer because I'm not a very organized guy. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a visionary, dream. I'm not very uh, just organized or technical. So I was able to, I was, I, I've created a really cool system within Notion. So we have like our, our weekly team, a task list that, that everyone kind of slides over the task. We have our client uh, check-in checklist that happens every Monday and Thursday. We, we, we have a good uh, five, 10 minute chat with the client just to fill them in on everything that's happening and um, answer any questions they have. We have our CRM, which kind of shows where people are, are going within the sales process. Um, So, yeah, Notion's phenomenal because it's really allowed me to kind of create the tools that I want myself. It's it's, it's great. Just out of curiosity, do you have any that you can live without? HubSpot. Yeah, I I obviously use HubSpot for clients, but I don't really use it for myself.
0: Uh, As as part of a a global deal, there's an 80% discount because I'm part of a network that you get on HubSpot. So it's a couple of hundred dollars a month now instead of a couple of grand. And it's just phenomenal. Just just to keep an eye on people, I've built that a kind of a deal stage process of like, you know, established relationship to opportunity identification to first call to all the way to like one or like close one or close lost, And just to see that. And there's 10 other things that you have that just you you can follow the process and then to, to keep an eye on people. And it lets you know, like, yeah, if I go in and type in your name in the system, it will be like Layton has opened this email, has clicked on this PDF, has read 30% of it, and gave up here. And you can just have the full process. There's probably another 10 things I'm missing, but tools. Some of the tools are there. I know you're. You've just said you're a big uh, Notion junkie. Like I, I, I'd be addicted to HubSpot as well.
1: Yeah, no, it is good. Cool. See, another thing, like, I just, I just personally wouldn't have the head to manage HubSpot. I think it's there's so much going on that it almost scares me. Does that make sense?
0: It, it scared the hell out of me, too, man. But we got a guy from Newtown Mount Kennedy, Andrew, I can't remember his second name, Uh, Mount Arbor is a company, and paid him a fee for came in for three days straight. And it was just, you know, 10 hours a day for three days. And, it, and then follow up training once a week for three hours, probably for about two months. And I still, and, you know, as part of the HubSpot customer success team, they they put a, an hour in your calendar once a month as well to kind of yeah. continue to improve.
1: So one thing I like about Notion, and just because I just want my head to be as clean as possible so I can focus on the right things, is that like no with Notion, I we only create something when there's a problem. So right. it was like, right, look, where's all the where are we managing all the tasks? Okay, cool. Let's let's do up a weekly task manager. Okay, cool, but where are we keeping all the leads? Okay, cool, let's let's create a CRM. Okay, but where are we keeping all the um the strategies that we're creating? Okay, so let's create a photo, fo- let's create a um a folder where we keep all the the PDFs of all our strategies that we use. And then we're like, where's that what's our what's our onboarding process? Okay, cool let's make a folder. So like if someone that da- if someone needs something, it's there. So it's it's being created as, as we grow. Does that make sense? Whereas for me personally with HubSpot, there's just there's so much going on, there's so much to manage yeah. that I just wouldn't do anything. Does that do you know I make mean? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it,
0: it it is a mammoth of a tool, like i Owner it for years. It was only when I put my hand in my pocket and paid a couple of grand to get trained on it. I was like, Well, I'm not gonna waste the money, like I I, I better learn this.
1: It's great as well because it actually it, it integrates with the ads managers, too. So you can see all um you can see the success of your ad campaigns within HubSpot. So like it is, it's it's a, it's a 10 out of a 10 software to be fair, but it's just for me, it's just too much.
0: Well, I'm already probably doing one out of ten things in it anyway at the moment. <laughs> um final question for you, like if you were minister for education and you uh, we're tasked with adding a new mandatory subject to the secondary school curriculum. What was the subject B and why? Uh,
1: financial well being.
0: Interesting. That cool. and business and coding are usually the top three out of the last 180 episodes
1: really okay maybe I should have went for something a bit more creative but that's the truth though I mean I do I do like the amount like so this I'm only saying because I've worked with Paul for the last two years and I've just made much more better financial decisions but like I don't like when when I I did leave and start business like when I left leave and start business I had no idea what what I did I had no idea that I needed to um what I needed to get a mortgage I had no idea how to um do my do my taxes or just even the idea of investing, like the whole, the whole thing about investing in like a standard index fund and it returning eight percent, like that should be at least mentioned once. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like there's nothing. Um, it's just it's weird the way they kind of hide away from that kind of stuff because it's it's just almost like they don't want to tell you. No, I don't. I don't get it. But yeah, financial wellbeing because would
0: you have listened to it though when you were sixteen or
1: seventeen? Yeah, for sure. Because I think when I was when I was a teenager, I definitely recognised that uh, that finances were correlated with you know standard of living and, and the ability to be able to uh you know, just 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 live I suppose so yeah I, I think i would i think i myself and i think a lot of people would definitely take on board if if a teacher sat down with me and said look when you when, when you do finish college and when you do get your first job um, it's important that maybe you are you, able to save up x amount, and just to let okay. you know, just to let you know that when you do ever want to buy a house, you're gonna need you're gonna need your ten percent, and then you're also gonna to need to be able to show um six months prior uh re- renting or maybe a uh, deposit into an investing account to show that you can pay your mortgage. Like none of, none of this was taught to me. Like I I I'm honestly I'm mind blown. I really am mind blown. But, so. Yeah. You've you've spent
0: some time working with Ask Paul. For anyone who's been living under a rock and isn't familiar with what he does, why don't to take some time to give him a shout out at exactly what it is, so that if anybody is interested, they can contact him. Because I know you can pay for an hour of his team's time to kind of go through shit with him.
1: Yeah, yeah, I yeah, know. Yeah. It, 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 in fairness, but another th- another reason why I love working with Paul is because. There's actually so we there's actually no calculating the actual return on investment because I genuinely think that he has had such an impact on the majority of Ireland's uh, financial decisions because through the content that he's creating whether they've done consultations or not everybody's talking on board one or two things that he said and I'm finding that with my friends that are between the age of 20 and, and 27 28 like they're just like oh well you know like I have started putting away a few a few, a few bob every month after listening to him and and people are able to have conversations about more they're able to prepare before they even consider it so yeah no in fairness he, I'm delighted to be working with him because the content really does help a lot of people and that's, that's, and that's another thing which even with your podcast like you, you you don't know who's watching you don't know and you know one little nugget that you say or one little nugget that anyone says um could plant a seed in someone's brain to to have phenomenal success in in in, in their life and, and I think it's a it's a cool thing.
0: Yeah no you're right. I, I get messages sometimes hey I love this clip when so and so mentioned yeah, it and I'm like cool. what are you talking about? They're like oh you interviewed this person a couple of weeks ago. So no it is it is cool. um Leighton, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. Um, wishing you continued you success in, in Harcourt Street. Maybe you'll get to expand out of there one day, but you've got plenty of room at the
1: moment. Uh-huh. But,
0: uh, yeah, thanks again for being my guest today.
1: Dude, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. And you asked some really good questions beautiful morning my morning.